0: be seated. You don't have to if you don't want to. This is going to be fun. So many scriptures I have on my Bible. i got all these little bitty things right here. Uh, I'm going to use the amplified probably more than anything else just to give you a heads up on that. Uh, man, thank God. Praise God. Huh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. We've been talking about uh, from devastation to restoration. And um, tonight we're going to focus on God's way of restoration. God's way of restoration. Be you transformed by the renewing of your mind to the word of God. It's God's way. God's got a, uh, a way that's different than everybody else's way. And his name is Jesus, right? Because he said, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. So in order for us to have a really good understanding and a revelation of what God's trying to do in our lives, we can't look at it the way we naturally look at it in the natural realm. The Bible says the carnal mind is the enemy against God. All right? So your natural way of thinking, Proverbs said it this way. He says, lean not on your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. Now, who is he? He now for us is the Holy Spirit, right? So the Holy Spirit's going to direct our paths. He's going he's to lead us and guide us and direct us. But we've got to be more spirit conscious than we are flesh conscious or mentally conscious. Amen. Because the way you thought things needed to be then in the natural realm, is opposite than the way God wants to do things. Okay? And so you have to trust that. Now, so in light of that, some people, the, the Webster's definition, let's look at this for just a second. The Webster's definition of restore is to bring back to a formal or original condition. Okay? That's the Webster's definition. To bring back to a formal or the original condition. God's definition is different than that. God's definition is this, to make better, improve, increase, and multiply. When it's dealing with what takes place here in this earthly realm, God's not looking for you, if you've been in a place in your life, God's not looking for just to bring you back to your best part of your life. He's looking to take you back better than what you've ever known before. In Ephesians chapter Three, Verse 20, he says that he wants to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you can ask, hope, or think. And in the Amplified, he says infinitely beyond your highest expectations, dreams, or desires. That's pretty cool. So your revelation of what restoration is can't be measured. When you're looking about God's really trying to restore you to, you can't measure it by the way the rest of the world thinks. The rest of the world thinks if you just have a three bedroom home and you've got four kids and they all sleep in the same room together, two two in one room and two in the other, you got a dog, you got a couple of cars, you're doing fine. You know, God's way of restoration is you know what, I, I want to do exceedingly abundantly above all that. You can ask or think where that's concerned. So if I want to give you a six bedroom home with, you know, and you only still have two kids, there's a purpose behind why I want to give you a six bedroom home. Because I want you to be a blessing. I may have you bring some people into your home so that you can help disciple them and take them in the direction that God wants to take them into. Amen? Amen. God thinks different than we do from that. And then the world's saying, what you need a six-bedroom home for? I don't know. God just told me to get a six-bedroom home. So you got to be six. You know, do you understand this? Now, the world system doesn't think that way. Now, what we're talking about is from devastation, though, to restoration. So let's look at a few scriptures. Because our way of thinking versus the world's, I mean, the spiritual way of thinking versus the world's way of thinking is two two different thought processes. Can we agree with that? Amen? Okay, um, go to Exodus chapter 12, 35 through 36. What we're going to do here tonight is we're going to look at a couple of different instances in the Bible where the there's instances where, they were living in one state and then God moved them into a better state or he restored back to them more than what they had before. Okay, because what you got to do every, if this has to be, if, if I was just telling you that God restores better than before, then, and, but I didn't have any scripture to back it up, I would be talking for no reason right now. Okay, so let's, de- let's develop some things right quick, okay? So y'all know that the children of Israel had been living, in the, wilderness, uh, living in, the, in the land of the Egyptians, and they were slaves for 430 years. For 430 years. That's a lot of years, okay? That's quite a few generations, amen? So, so they've been doing this for a year, for 430, that's a long time. Okay, so we're going to read just how God restored to them when he took them out. Because what God's trying to do is take you out of the world system and put you into his system. Okay? He's always trying to take us out. He doesn't want us being in the world system. He wants us to be in his system. And his system's different. You know, that's why, the Bible, that's why they say, I hath not seen nor ear heard nor entered into the heart of the man that things that God has for them. But it says over in the New Testament, but God reveals him to you by his spirit. So it's not that God's hiding something from you. He's hiding something for you. And the only way you're going to tap into that is you can't be carnally minded. You have to be spiritually minded. It's just like healing. Healing is not a matter of the physical. I'm going to say that again. Healing is not a matter of the physical. Healing is totally a matter of the spiritual. You know, another part of healing that a lot of people don't think about it is, you know, the first thing he says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to heal the broken hearted. We, we spend a lot of time focusing our healing ministry on the physical aspects of somebody's body. But there's a healing that has to take place. And I believe the, the Spirit of the Lord was loving on people tonight up here from his heart to their heart, it would not, there might not, you know, does that make, does that bear witness with anybody when you were up here this tonight? I'm seeing heads go up shaking all the spirit of the Lord minister is going to minister to your heart. And if you get your heart set right, then the rest of your body will come in line. Yes. Amen. He comes to heal the broke. He came to heal the broken hearted first. It's the first thing that he talked about. So you restore, you've got to have a heart transplant. Come on, because you know why you have some of the things in your life? Because you've been hurt. Right. That's true. Hello. And, and you have to have a heart. You've got to be loved for the first time in the right way. Right. Hello. You've got to see this because that's part of the restoration process. If it's not in your heart, then it's never going to come in your, it's not going to get to your head and it's not going to get to the rest of your life. Right. Right. Restoration begins in the heart. That's where it starts. That's where, that's, that's where it's got to cultivate. It's right on the inside of you. If you feel like God's ever hurt you, then you don't think that he can restore anything into your life. If you have the mindset that, you know, God puts things on you to teach you a lesson, then you, then you don't have a revelation that he, you couldn't grab a revelation that the fact that he wants to restore you or the truth that he wants to restore some things to you better than was before. You've got to change your way of thinking. Draw a line in the sand right now as we dive into this. We're only going to spend 15, 20 minutes on this because we don't have a whole lot of time. But right now, you need to dive into this from the aspect of draw a line and say, you know what? Every bad thing that's ever happened to me in my life, the thief is the one that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. You put him on one side, and on the other side, you, can, you I don't care what hell or high water comes your way. Every good thing that comes to me comes from, Father, from God. And never cross the line. Because you'll, you, you, and I are never going to step into all that God has for us if we have a uh, have a thought process that God's trying to put us through something to teach us a lesson. He's not going to do that. That's right. He's a good, good daddy, Amen. Yeah. Who loves his children. So restoration starts in the heart. He wants to restore better than before. The children of Israel wonder they're, they're over here and they've they, for four hundred and thirty years. Let's read this. Go to um, verse thirty-five. And it says the Israelites did according to the word of Moses and they urgently asked of the Egyptians jewels of silver and of gold clothing. The Lord gave the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians so that they gave them what they asked and they stripped the Egyptians of those things. Okay, so 430 years worth of back pay just came back to them. Now, just seriously. It's just, and only by one way and one way only because God said so. They, now they had to do what he told them to do, though. Well, I don't want to do that. Well, you got to do whatever God's telling you to do. Or you're never going to be restored, okay? So just do whatever. Say I do what God tells me to do. That's easy. It's all simple. Just do it, and God will take care of the rest. Amen. He'll make everything else come back to you. Look at this. Let's go to. Um, well, let's go over here. Let me see. <laughs> I got a lot of scriptures. I got to really pray about where I'm going to go tonight. Um, go to Proverbs, a couple of scriptures in Proverbs. So they had 430 years worth of back pay, right? That came to them, what, in a night, right? Just to me, I mean, think about that for just a second, okay? Here they were, they're, under, they're, they're working for the Egyptians. Now, here's another thought that people have all the time. I work all my life. I'm, I'm busting it, and you know what? They're taking advantage of me, and here I am working and working my fingers to the bone kind of thing. And, you know, God, and I'm tithing all the time. And I'm like, God, when, when's this going to happen? Okay, look into the hills, but look into Jesus from whom your help comes from. You've, you're putting more emphasis on what you can do than what God can do in your life. Yeah. Now, they had to believe. There's two things. There's two, there's, there's, it's real important when you have, they had to have faith that what God told him to do is going to happen, okay? So this is a battle of your faith system still. Mm-hmm. We we're talking to the green moon. Your words, what you're saying out of your mouth, you're, no matter what you do, you're still going to have to, are you going to believe what the world's telling you to do or are you going to believe what God's telling you to do? Mm-hmm. Are you going to believe what God's doing in your life or are you going to believe what the world's doing in your life? Mm-hmm. Okay, you've got to draw a line where this is concerned. And if you don't do that, then you're not going to enter into the promised land that God has in store for you the restoration process. You've got to do that. You've got to do this. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. You and I've got to do this, okay? All right, I'm warming up. It's getting there. Man, this anointing is so strong. I'm like, Lord Jesus. Okay, so Proverbs, let's go to Proverbs 13, 22. Proverbs 13, 22. Let's just go through these scriptures real quick, and then we'll come back. 13, 22, and we're going to read this from the Amplified. A good man leaves an inheritance of moral stability and goodness to his children's children, and the wealth of the sinner finds its way eventually into the hands of the righteous for whom it was laid up for. Okay, so here's a transfer. We're, we're building up, We're building some foundation here that's going to help you. There's a transfer that takes place right here, right? Okay, so the wealth of the sinner is laid up for the just. Say, I am the just. I am the just. For the just shall live by what? Faith. So what's going to take for you to or, in order for you to get your restoration? You're going have to have faith. For, for what God's already done for you, okay? So you and I have got to do that, but it's there for the taking. Are you seeing this? Okay, it happened for the Israelites, say it can happen for me. Say it can happen for me. God's not respecter of persons. The Bible says He's a respecter of faith. Okay, so he's not a respecter of what you do. He's a respecter of what you believe in and who you believe in, okay? So you and I have got to have faith in what God's doing in our life because God's the one that's doing it, Right? It's not by works, lest any man... should Quit putting so much emphasis on what you're doing. My goodness, that's big on the inside of me. Well, I did this and I've been doing this. Man, I've been serving the church for 50 years. Well, you know what? You've been serving, but you need to let God... God wants to serve you. The greatest among you wants to serve you. I'm not worthy. That's your thought process. You ain't... Who made you? You're never going to be worthy in your own abilities. Come on, right. faith, 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 faith in Him, not in yourself. Okay, let's look at uh, let's look at another scripture in, in Proverbs. Proverbs um, six. Let's see, what we got here six thirty one, and that's in the Amplified as well. Proverbs six thirty one it says, "But if he is found out, now let's go to the thirty first. Men do not despise a thief if he steals." To satisfy himself when he is hungry. But if he is found out, he must restore seven times what he stole. He must give the whole substance of his house, if necessary, to meet his fine. Okay, now here's the thing too, though. Don't think it's somebody in the natural realm stealing from you. Hello, come on you gotta, you got to get this. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principality. you got to remember, you you got an enemy, and it's not your next-door neighbor or your boss at work. Come on. You, can't, you do not wrestle against flesh and blood. You wrestle against principalities, powers, might, and dominion. And then the cool thing is you've been seated far above them, above all principality, power, might, and dominion. So take your right place in Christ Jesus. So, But there is a fight that's going on. Who's the thief? Satan is the thief. So when Satan steals from you, you gotta make him pay. Amen. Okay, let's go over to the most famous scripture passage when it comes to hard times coming on you. What's what chapter or what book in the Bible does, is that? Job. There it goes. I heard people they want to say, is that the one he wants or not? Job. All right? Let's go to Job for just a second. Okay, Job chapter one. In Job chapter 1, we're going to see where God takes this principle and he makes it relevant in another passage of Scripture for somebody else. So we saw he did it for the for the Israelites, right? And their exodus, correct? Right. Amen? Got to get a witness? Amen. Amen. All right, here we go. So then now we're going to see where he's doing it for Job right here. And he says in verse 3, Job, he possessed 700 sheep, 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen. 500 female donkeys and a very great body of servants, though that this man was the greatest of all men of the East. And one translation says the wealthiest man of all the East. Okay, so the, re- the realization of Job's life, it really only, this, this whole book took, all theologians agree, it took anywhere from nine to 12 months. That's it. So it's not like he did this, this was happening, all these bad things were happening to him his whole entire life. But you know what, the, the Lord spoke to him, he says, Job, it was all the time in your own mouth. What, heaven and earth to pass away, but the word of God and not pass away. You will be held accountable for every idle word speaking out of your mouth. So if you're going to say, well, God's doing this, you know what, you're in a fight right there. You got angels, God's army's angels working for you. And then all of a sudden you talk negative and the devil goes to work. Bam, bam, I can do this because you're talking about this. So I'm an angel and I hearken into words. Hello? Come on. So nine months later, Job had, when he gets an opportunity and gets rebuked by God, hello? God tells him, Job, you could have taken there just nine months ago, 12 months ago. It was all the time. It was in your hands. Yeah. Come on. Okay, now, the cool thing about this is Joe got it right. Yeah. <laughs> come on now. He never cursed God. He never went that direction. Now, he had an issue with his friends, though, because I'm going to tell you something, because what happens is, is we measure things in the natural realm. So we try to figure out why aren't good things happening to me? How come all this hell is breaking loose in my life? Let me tell you something. There's a real devil, and he don't like you very much. He's the thief that comes to steal, kill, and destroy, and you need to put him in his place because he's a defeated foe, and you can whoop somebody that's done been whooped. And I'll go back to it. It's not going to be by anything but by your faith in what God can do, not what you can do. The only thing you got to do is whatever it is that God is telling you to do, and you got to do it by faith. Come on. So you and I have got to have a revelation of that. So, Job... Here he is. Look at this. Let's go to the end of that book, chapter 42. And look what God makes him do. Because you know what? There's probably some issues in your life you need to get resolved, and you need to pray for those and love on those that you have those issues with. Come on. All right? Because restoration begins in the process of love. Amen? you got to have confidence in that love. And look at this. Oh, glory to God. Let me look at something real quick. Make sure I don't skip over a scripture here. Because I know he's beginning to pray for his friends, and that's what uh, helped him. 42.10, Let's go to 10 first. Up here in verse 10. And the Lord turned the captivity of Job when he prayed for his friends. When he did what? He, would you, these are the kind of friends that you and I have both had. We've had these kind of friends. The ones that they just talk about you. They don't give a rip about you really, but they just, but you know what? God's telling you, you got to love them anyway. Hello. They cannot, what's in them can't get into you. That poison, what's in them can't get into you because they're going to talk. Yeah. You, you know, this is why you, this is why you're going through what you're going through. And what they really do is they're, they're dogging God out in your life. And you know what? You got to pray for them. And walk in love with them no matter what they do. Because your success isn't determined by them. It's determined by you and the position that you put yourself in in the situation of restoration that God wants to do in your life. Okay, so just a couple of verses down there, look what happens. Now, remember back over there, we saw some serious good stuff. He had, back over there, he had 7,000 sheep. 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 female donkeys, and a very great body of servants, so that this man was the greatest of all the men of the east. Now, look, after it's all said and done, so the Lord blessed the latter days. This is verse 12 of chapter 42. The latter days of Job, more than his beginning, for he had, look at this, what does that say? 14,000 sheep, six, how many? 6,000 camels. How many yoke of oxen? 1,000 yoke of oxen. How many uh, uh, female donkeys? A 1,000. That's what? Somebody give me, what is all that? Double. Double, double for your trouble. <laughs> it is double for your trouble. Now, pay attention to this. this is, that would be fine and dandy if you know, it happened to them, and, and then God restored back over there in the Egyptians. And let me tell you something. We're under a new covenant built upon better promises. Would you agree? Yes, sir. Am I right? Is that correct? Okay, let's look over here. Go to Isaiah chapter 61. I don't know why I got marked over here, and I'm over thumbing through things. Isn't that always funny? Okay, because I I quoted a little bit of this a while ago. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. I'm going to read this because I need to read this so you can have this. To preach the good tidings unto the meek, he has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives. This is verse one. And the opening of prison to them that are bound. I am in the in the King James Version on this one. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all that mourn, to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. And they shall build the old way places. They shall shall raise up the former desolations. They shall repair the the waste cities, the desolation of many generations. Strangers shall stand and feed their flocks. Sons of the aliens shall be your plowmen and your vine dressers, but you shall be named the priest. What did he call this in the New Testament? Kings and priests, isn't that right? Okay, men shall call uh, uh, you the ministers of your God. Woo, hallelujah. You shall eat the riches of the Gentiles and in their glory. You know what their Gentiles are? Now don't look at this as you. Gentiles means people that don't have a covenant with God Almighty. The wealth of the the sinners are Gentiles. The wealth of the sinner, you can change that right there. It's laid up for the just, right? Okay, come on. And so he says this. For your shame. Hold on, wait a second. And in their glory shall you boast yourselves. Okay? For your shame, you shall have what? Double. Double. And for confusion, they shall rejoice in their what? Portion. Therefore, in their land, who say my lamb? They shall possess the double. There's double again, right? Everlasting joy shall be unto them. You have a right to the double. I mean, this is the opening statement. If you go back over there in Luke chapter four, Jesus stands up in the midst of him and says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel, to heal the broken heart. Come on now. you right. So so here it is. That's the same passion. It's continuing. He may continue to unveil that whole entire truth to them. Right. And so here's the reality of it is, is Satan's been stealing from you. When are you going to get fed up enough to get back what he's stolen from you? Amen. You got to get fed up. Yes. Oh, come on now. Yes. You got to get some gumption about you. Some tenacity about you. About what God's word says about who you are and what he's done for you. The blessings of God don't fall off like ripe apples off a tree. Plop, 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 and you just go pick them up. Hello? You got to cultivate that word. Wash it by the watering of the word. Continue in it. Continue you in my word. Then you shall be my disciples. Then you shall ask whatever you will, and it shall be done unto you. Amen? Amen? Amen. We got to hold on to this. We got a whole faster profession of our faith. You and I are responsible for it. Okay, I got another scripture for you over here in the New Testament, to draw a line, because this is, this is the reality of it. There's three things that I wanted to share with you. You can write these down. God's way of restoration versus Noah's definition of restoration. That definition is this, right? The original definition of the word to restore is to bring back to a formal or original condition. God's definition is to make better, improve, increase, Multiply. That's the first thing that you have to have a revelation of. The second thing is recognize where your attack is coming from. You're going to have to recognize, if you're going to be restored back to God's way, recognize where the attack's coming from. It's not God, number one. It's not people, number two. Number three, who is it? It's the devil. The devil, he came and stole the earth. Jesus bought it back for us. He said, come on, can I get somebody else say amen? Lord have mercy. He came, saw, and kicked that for you and I so that we, he could restore us back to what Satan stole in the garden. It's the whole process has been a restoration process. You and I should be walking as joint heirs with Christ Jesus, not tagging along like, "When something going to happen to me? Come on. He's already done everything he's going to do. He's waiting for you to take the baton. Amen. A runner runs in a race, and he's sitting there, and there's an extension that's going on, and you're going, baby. But, you know, if anybody's ever running a relay, you've got to be running with them yes. in the same timing with them. Come on. And then that baton and that exchange happens. Hello? And he's already handed it off. Okay? So we got to take that baton and go with it. So? But you got to recognize where your attack's coming from. Because if not, that's going to be a distraction for you, and you'll never get where God's trying to take you, where your restoration process is concerned. God wants to restore you, and you have to be totally convinced of that, or it'll never happen in your life. Quit looking back. He who puts his hand to the plow and looks back isn't worthy of me. If you keep looking back at everything else bad that's happened in your life, you'll never go where God's trying to take you. And his, 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 his direction is total restoration from all the, and his restoration isn't just get back what you got stolen. His restoration is double for your trouble. Come on. You got to get excited. You got to stir yourself up with this. Stir yourself up in the most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, building yourself up so that you can do what it is that God's called you to do. Let him be big on the inside of you. He's bigger than anything that you're going through. Don't slow down. The third thing is don't slow down the restoration process. By how? Having a pity party. Put that down. Don't slow down the restoration process by having a pity party. You know what? He causes it to rain on the good and the bad. You consider it pure joy, my brethren, when you face trials of many kinds, for you know the testing of your faith develops patience. Patience develops perseverance. Let perseverance have its work, and you shall be perfect and entire, not wanting anything. Come on, you want some of this, Satan? You messed with the wrong boy today. Come on, that's got to be your intent. You got to look at you. Gotta, do a little Bruce Lee on him. Do what you have to do in the spirit realm. Come on you got to get something going here. you got to recognize. Here, look at this scripture that I had you turn to in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, 13. It says, There hath no temptation taken you, but such as common a man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above what you are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear in it. If you're going through something, go ahead and go through it. Yeah, I, 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 when people come to me, I'm just going through well, Get through it. You know what? See yourself on the other side of it. Come on. Or you're just going to keep going through it every time I see you. And that's not what you're supposed to be doing. Don't camp out in Satan's camp. He's the one that's trying to keep you there. And don't have a pity party about what's going on in your life. Don't talk to everybody about what it is. Oh, hello, Jesus. Come on. That's That's what happened to the children of Israel. There, Jesus, God takes them out. Gold, silver, everything, clothes, you name it, they are loaded. You know what they, can't we just go back? It was so much better there. We knew we were going to get, goodness gracious. No, right? No. Go forward, not backwards. Amen. Okay. All right. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So God's already provided a way out for you. Don't have a pity party about it. Okay. And then number number two, stop. Uh, in this part, there's, you can go A, B, and C is what I did. You're having a pity party or you're blaming others. Ooh, you don't know what they did to us. Glory, Stop. Don't quit looking to the left hand or the right hand, looking at, and comparing yourself with him over here and there and them over there and stop it. You know what? You are where you are let God take you to the next step. You can't, you can't skip steps in the process. And if God's asking you to do something, just go ahead and do whatever it is God's telling you to do, because that's where God needs you to be, and he'll, he's, he's trying to take you to the end. Yes. Amen? We all run the race. Come on. Yes. Run the race that's to finish, okay? You've got to finish this race. Keep going. And that's to win your race, not somebody else's race. Quit blaming Mimi and Papa and so-and-so, and you don't know the life that I have had and all this kind of things like that. Or, the, you know, I just wouldn't know. you got to understand, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Don't be moved by what you've seen, know in whom you have believed and walk that out in him. Amen? Amen. Stay focused. Faith has to stay focused, fixed on Christ, unlimited supply. Okay? And then the third thing underneath the C would be quit looking for a shortcut. Quit looking for a shortcut. You know, quit looking for the tricks of the trade. Learn the trade. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith calls those things that be not as though they were. Faith worketh by love. And faith without actions is dead. Show me your faith by what you say and I'll show you my faith by what I do. Come on. You and I have to believe in what God's word is, has said about us. And his desire is to restore you better than what you've ever been before exceedingly abundantly above all that you can ask, but it takes your faith, it takes my faith to do it. Quit measuring your faith by somebody else's faith. Quit measuring your success by somebody else's success. Focus your attention on what God is telling you to do. Be obedient to do whatever that is he's telling you to do and allow him to restore to you the years that Satan has stolen from you and everything else that he's stolen from you in your life and restore it to better than it ever was before. That's God's plan for you. Do you want to know God's plan for you, to prosper you, to give you hope? That's his plan for you. He wants to take you further than you've ever imagined that you could ever go in your life. He wants to unveil dreams to you that you didn't even know that were on the inside of you. He doesn't just want to do what you've dreamed. He wants to do more than what you've dreamed. When he said exceedingly abundantly above, let's go to that for just a minute, and then I'll close off of this, because that's God's restoration process for you. This is in the New Testament, 3.20. I'm going to read it from the Amplified. Ephesians 3.20. And Cassie, you'll come up right after this. Ephesians 3.20, now to him who, by and consequences of the action of his power that is at work within you, is able to carry out his purpose and do super abundantly. <laughs> Woo! A few more shouts on that. Far over, mm -hmm, come on, and above all that we dare ask or think infinitely, come on, on, infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, hopes, or dreams. (laughs) 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 Lauren, just sit on that. I don't have to say a whole lot. Come on. That's the life that he's called us to live. That's the restoration that he wants us to experience. He doesn't like one person more than the other person. He's just wanting you to believe him for what he just said in that scripture right there. What are you waiting for? I believe God touched you tonight. I believe God confirmed some things on the inside of you tonight. I believe God has strengthened some of you that need to be strengthened tonight. But he, what is he saying? He says, I'm your daddy. I'm your daddy. Who's your daddy? I'm your daddy. I got gotcha. you. Come on. Let me love on you. Let me take you to where you need to be in your life. Come on. Take the... Take the the shackles off. Take the chains off. Take the bondage off of your life. Don't be in bondage. You've been set free. And let, let's run with this. Let's fly with this. Let's go to the exceedingly abundantly above all that you can ask, hope, or think together because I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. And that same presence that came into this room tonight to be with you wants to continuously be with you. In every aspect of your life, just open up your heart, open up your mind, open up your uh, uh, your whole entire being to just say, God, whatever. Right? here, Just at home, that worship, you can cue in, worship, get in that presence of God and just allow God to develop the confidence that you need on the inside of you. Amen. And he does that by that tangible presence that showed up in this room. He'll do that for you at home. I can't tell you how many times Pastor Cassie and I have just laid out on the floor in our own living room, just doing that, exactly that. What we did tonight, letting God show up in the room, talk to us about specific. I know God spoke to some of you while we were in here. Just God just ministering to y'all. Don't let it stop. There's more that he wants. It wasn't, it wasn't me. It was him, and you know that. That was not me. That was God touching you, loving on you, and taking you. He wants to take you further than you've ever been before and exceedingly abundantly above all that you've asked, hoped, thought, dreamed, or even imagined you could go. Amen. Amen. Do you ever see that tonight? Amen. Amen.